by Riverside. What's going on, everybody? Episode 18. 18. Yeah. 18 of the Backside Ground Ball Pod. I am not mid-travel as you record this podcast. Tonight, it is Sunday, October 9th, 8.30-ish. Um, I have a lot more juice when we record 12 hours before this. Yeah, I was I was thinking that the other day. I, I I think it would be beneficial for both us and the listeners to record more in the morning, but obviously it takes um not having full time jobs to do that. But you know, you live and you yeah. learn. Yeah, we're both morning people, big morning people, big morning people. Not a night person at all. Um, no, which made this weekend even harder for me. Um, however. We're, we're recording this. We're live. The Padres and Mets are playing game three, the deciding game three of the wild card series. Padres, as we sit, are up 3 nothing. Um, Joe Musgrove is locked. Yeah. Locked. And the, Mets already in, and the Mets are already into their bullpen. Yeah, well, you know, thankfully they were going to throw Chris Bassett game two. If they were able to win game one, because obviously he's just absolutely nails in in big games, you know, considering that Braves outing and considering uh, what he just did today. So, um, good for Chris Bassett. Good for Chris Bassett. He's very outspoken um, about a lot of things. And, you know, it's good to see he puts his money where his mouth is and and pitches (laughs) in big games. Oh, man. This thing's far from over, though. No, it's far this from thing over. Is far, 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 from far, over. far from over. Um, there's no doubt it's about that. But Musgrove gets you through six, seven. Freaking haters finishing it off right there for me. Hater hasn't pitched. He's fresh. Haters getting me nine outs today, and and that's not somebody you want to you want to see rolling out when that bull, bull, bullpen door swings open. No, I have a question. Can, How surprises you that this is the only series that went three? A little bit, obviously. You know, we we felt like, I mean, in the in the preview podcast, we obviously went in depth on each series, and I felt like most of them were over evenly matched. And I, I don't, you know, looking back right. at it, like I, I don't it's think they wrong. weren't evenly matched, right? right? Like Agreed. you Agreed. look at the, I mean, the Bra- or the Blue Jays series pretty much played out exactly oh. how we said it would, and then they crumbled. Like skate to a game two win, and then you go and win game three and plain and simple. Like that's all they needed to do. And then you look at the Rays and and you play 15 innings of baseball. I mean, that's just an embarrassment on um, the just Rays offense alone. Like the Rays have to do something. Somebody in that, in that organization needs to become, you know, whether it's Wander Franco getting another year under his belt, whatever it needs to be, they, they, that offense, cause their pitching did everything they can. The, the biggest mistake they made was sending Shane McClanahan back out there for the sixth inning after he was five sharp and he ended up giving up the two run home run, but then he ends up going seven and two thirds or seven and a third. And it was like, well, you know, he ended up settling in pretty nicely there. It's just, you know, from they were evenly matched. It's just the things that needed what? to happen what? happened. What? what are we doing? What are we doing? Juan Soto just sacrificed bunted. 
I don't think that was Up a sacrifice would be my guess. But that was not he was not bunting for a hit. He was kind of getting out of the box there. Yeah, I mean that's that's that Juan Soto's version of a bunt for a hit. A Rod is somewhere very, very happy. Yeah. A Rod right now is is super He's fun. That's winning baseball. That's what he'd be talking about. That's winning in baseball. The right there. That's winning baseball. That is he is the and like, you know, I I honestly you know to suck be honest with you. When Machado when Machado doubles here, it's gonna really grind my gears. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have like that was and then everybody's gonna play. Yeah, exactly. But you, you it's like no. I thought I thought me and you were on to something. Not like on to something, but like I always thought that like the the popular opinion was that contact wins in the playoffs, right? Because that's what guys yeah. like A Rod. He's saying, "Oh, there you go, Juan. Way to sacrifice Put up yourself." The billboard. Be, Put up it would the only billboard, be first Juan. and third. First and third, oh, one out. Real quick, how long do I need to give it before I can refresh Twitter and just have a bunch of college baseball coaches <laughs> on my Twitter feed going, ah, postseason wants pl- everyone looking to, to play in college baseball at the next level and in big games. You just saw yeah, one of the best hitters in the sport sacrifice bunt. How, many, how, how long do I need to be? I have no idea, but I'm still pissed that he bunted. But Me to too. get back to my point. Every Sorry. ESPN's all over it. Their announcers are all over the fact that home runs win in the playoffs, and they've yeah. they've every other series. The announcers have been great, great. But A Rod still sits there. All right, all right stop. All right, a- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, stop, stop. Let's do it this way because I see where you're going. So let's go back to the race series. I I didn't even let you finish your thought on the race series. We'll go through this. We'll get to that. We'll get to the Phillies and Cardinals. Let's start in the American League because that's all wrapped up, obviously. Um, the Mariners sweep the Blue Jays. Uh, Guardians sweep the Rays. Let's talk about that Guardians Rays series. Let's talk about that uh, Guardians. You got, everyone's going to have to. I'm sorry. I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching the screen a lot. Um, because uh, if this turns out that the Mets lose this in three, I'm going to be very happy. Obviously. Anyway, hey, r- relax. That Rays Guardians series played out ourselves. kind of exactly like we we said it would. Um, there yeah. was a ton of zeros. There was great bullpen, um, and there was who can put up the crooked number in game one to win this to win the series, right? Jose series in the top yeah. six at that solo bomb, and then in the bottom of the six, like you said, it was kind of surprising to see McClanahan come out. Be, be honest, I was surprised, but they hadn't done anything. Like you can't fault Kevin Cash, and it was interesting because you texted me and you said that's the demons of Blake Snell. Um, yeah, biting Kevin Cash right there, but I mean McClanahan kind of has been their horse, and they had let him all year kind of get through, you know, go through the, the lineup three times. Um, and Ramirez got him, and that's just that's just that's how good the Guardians hitter. have been all year. It's like yep. right, and we talked about it. Right, gets can anyone get on base in front of Jose Ramirez so he can lose one? That's legitimately what you and I sat on the podcast and said. Yep. and I know that for a fact. I went back and listened after Ramirez hit the home run. I literally went back and said, "Wait a second, I think we this is exactly what we said." Um, yeah, and that's what won that series. They were able to put up the crooked number in game one and won them that one. And then obviously yesterday, that was insane. That fifteen inning marathon. Where you just saw bullpen arm after bullpen arm on both sides of things, yeah. And it came down to who hit the home run, right? Like who could lose one ball. I mean, 
the Jose Siri home run, I texted you this. I said either they're bringing out the juice baseballs or Jose Siri has big time juice. Because oh, he stayed on fastball in the outer third, well-located heater from Shane Bieber, and just rode a low liner out to right center field. Like, that was crushed. Oh, it was crushed. I did not, crushed. I did not know Jose Siri had had big-time juice. Either that or we're bringing back the the old baseballs, the, the, the ones that will have a little bit of a springboard in them. But, you know, and then like we said, you know, it just came down to the fact that somebody was able to get on in front of Jose Ramirez and nobody was on base for the Rays when they hit their home run. That's it. And then it was just shut out baseball the rest of the way. Tyler Glass now did his job. Shane McClanahan, we said four or five innings with one earned run. He gave you five shutouts. Again, the the iffy part there, the reason I was kind of sketchy on sending him back out there was for one reason, because I had followed his last couple starts coming off the injury because, you know, to be honest with you, he's on my fantasy team. So I paid more attention to what he was doing and he just wasn't sharp and he wasn't getting the strikeout numbers he had. And to me, in my opinion, I was following along and I was working out at the time and because we had just recorded the podcast. And to me, it just screamed, you got five great innings from a guy who is coming off of his shoulder problems that he's had. First start in the playoffs. hasn't been as sharp. Yeah, his first start in the playoffs. Take your five good innings and just hand the ball off to Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, and let's see if we can can close this thing out and get a one nothing lead. So I was very surprised to see that they sent him back out there. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how many pitches he threw. It just was very unlike Kevin Cash to send him back out there. And then he got clipped. But like I said, he still settled back in again and he got into, you know, a pretty good situation and got them through almost eight full innings when, you know, it didn't seem like he was going to get through six when that, when that ball got lost, that J Ram hit, but you know, he kind of got predictable there and, and J Ram was sitting soft and he, he did what right. well, he had, good hitters he, do with it. That's what he had gotten them with um, earlier in the day. Right. I think it's first, yeah. first two at bats. That's what he had gotten them with. And, and he tried to go back to it. And that's what makes Ramirez so good because I, how many oppo homers does Ramirez even have on the year? I, I, I didn't look it up. I probably could have. Yeah. I did not look it up the, the spray chart, but I bet you it's not locks. He's a pool, he's a poolside guy typically. Yeah. And he stayed on the changeup and he rode it out to um, yep. right center field. Mets get their first hit to lead off the fifth inning. Um, you think Buck's now going to have someone sack bunt here? Just worked for the Padres. Um, well, I mean, but it was. I was kidding. I was impressed with. Is uh, Jeff McNeil up? Because he's a walking sack bunt, but. Uh, I think he, he sacked on his way to three twenty six on the year somehow. I know. Didn't, didn't is we we got to dive in on Pete Pete getting it in his own head, closing himself off, not realizing uh, that he's that he's cutting himself off. It. Um. The like I said, the I mean, Coney's great. Um. But Coney's Eduardo great. does it. He's he's good. He he's really good. Um. I like listening to. <sighs> To his calls, Look at I, this I like guy. listening to to him talk. He gets it. He does a really good job on the calls. No, and, yeah, and I really absolutely. like his insight. Um, you know, because he's not. Again, I, <laughs> we'll get to the point where I get to have my soapbox on on Alex Rodriguez. But um, 
Jeff yeah. McNe- is Jeff McNeil's like every 1980s baseball player's favorite current player. Yeah. Who's the one guy? Is that on why Twitter he's my least favorite hates? player? Yeah. Uh, Jeff yeah, Fry. He's Jeff Fry's favorite yeah, player. Yeah, Jeff Fry's favorite player. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, look at that. But That is but disgusting. Back to the Guardians and Rays because we'll, we'll get off, yeah, off sorry. track here. I was super bit. impressed that McClanahan was able to, to finish um, yes. seven and end up getting the tournament outs. And I definitely thought once Ramirez goes deep that, that he was going to pull. But, I mean, that and, and, and your point is, is absolutely correct. I mean, that series was kind of an indictment of the Rays' offense. Yeah. I mean, Harold Ramirez was hitting hitting uh, fourth for you in game one of that series. I mean, yeah. I, just like, wow, they need something. And in, in years past, they've had guys step up, right? And Yandy Diaz has been important for them in years past. And the Rosarena we had talked about. But to have Harold Ramirez sitting there in the four hole, I think that really it just tells you something about where their offense was at this year. And, you know, again, they, they dealt with a ton of injuries. They weren't able to get that big piece um, and it ended up killing them, man. Yeah, I really, I really do think they should have made a play for Juan Soto. I know it's not the the market move, but I I mentioned it during the podcast when we talked about that. I just think two and a half, three years of Juan Soto in either Cleveland or Tampa Bay, and you can kind of see those those teams. If if they beat the Yankees. In his five game series, I will be shocked. I don't care how good their pitching is. I, I I just I don't care how much they put the ball in play. I just don't see it happening. I I really don't. I, and we'll get to that in the preview podcast when we when we you know kind of look ahead. But you know I, I just think both those teams could have. And I know Juan Soto wasn't great, but they could have used Juan Soto for two yeah. and a half three years with those teams because where do the Rays go next? You have the great pitching. Glasnow is going to be healthy. You have Glasnow and McClanahan, which are a mate like top in oh, the league. Unbelievable! One, that two. one two, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. unbelievable. And you roll them out there; they do their job. Your bullpen, Fairbanks, has a rough outing, but they pick them up, and you just keep passing the ball. You keep passing the ball, and you're telling me one guy on your team can't lose a ball? I'm not shocked that the Indians took, or sorry, the Guardians took so long to to kind of squeak one through because of how good the Rays pitching is. But, you know, for the Rays to be as good as, as close to being a championship caliber team as they've been to run that lineup out, it, it doesn't, they, something needs to happen there. They, they need to either move some pieces and, and bring a guy, but they could use a guy like Hunter Renfro. Why they ever let him go? Why they let him beyond me. Um, you know, that, that's I mean, they had a guy six that, hits in 15 innings yesterday. Six is bad. It was bad baseball. I mean, and, and on terms of the mound and, and that's what we said it was going to be right. We, we said it was going right. to be pitching. We said it was going right. to be dominant, you know, we said there from that perspective, be two, 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 nothing games. Yeah, was, exactly. You know, and there was four <laughs> total runs scored in that four series. total runs all on the home run. And it was just like, you know, when you play 15 innings of baseball, you just, you just flat out can't. Can't it, it's inexcusable to get shut out and only score one run over oh. twenty six innings of baseball. I don't care how good the pitching is. Shane Bieber was great. He was nails. Jose Siri loses a ball, but that lineup is not. You know, I, I think Shane Bieber is going to have a lot more trouble with the Yankees lineup just because they they have, for lack of a better term, competent playoff baseball players. Yeah, potentially, but I mean, I think on that side of things, just what you saw. 
with Cleveland is exactly what we said was going to happen, and that was what was so impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think Tito did such a good job of, of kind of feeling for when to get McKenzie out of there, when to get um, Bieber out of there in game one. And, I mean, obviously Bieber kind of – what a play by Trent Grisham to take away a hit from Mark Hanna. That would have been – that would have gotten the Mets back into it. Trent Grisham just made an unbelievable play. Oh, exercising some playoff demons. How do you say that? Exorcising? Exorcising, Exorcising. playoff demons. Um, but yeah, he did a great job. And and again, like Bieber kind of, Bieber taking control in game one. And obviously he got touched by Siri, but you know, solo, solo bomb, that's not what's going to lose you. So he ends up getting you 23 nope. outs, which I mean is incredible. Um, and doesn't walk anyone. And then you can go right to class A for four. And there you go, boom, yep. series series lead. And then it, you look at, you know, to, to put those guys in the right situations in 15 innings. And again, as much of an indictment it is against the Rays offensively, I think it also just tells you how good Cleveland's arms are. Yep. Yes. And I'm, I'm excited for them. Yeah. I, you, when, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I'd be very shocked if they if they put up much of a fight against the Yankees, but... You know, crazier things have happened, and they do have the pitching that that lines up for it. Oh, without a doubt. Um, the other series in the uh, in the AL, see us rise, man! How awesome it feels right now to to watch that Mariners team. And just I said it uh, when we did the preview pod. How I can I I really hope that the fans of Seattle um, get to see a playoff game. Um, and they're going to, it's not going to be easy, obviously, uh, yeah. with who they have to play, but the, you know, game three of the DS will be in, in Seattle. And, and, and I mean, that series was bizarre. Cause like you said, it was playing out. He's dialed in. He's dialed in. Sorry. Must well, through, through five in New York and San Diego's up for nothing in, in game three. Um, but to, it was playing out exactly how we had said, you know, the Mariners come out, they had energy, they, they win game one because Castillo is unbelievable and Toronto can't mm-hmm. get to him. And then you come out in game two and you, and you get Robbie Ray and like you mm-hmm. said, cruise to a game two win. And then all of a sudden it's like, screw and Toronto collapsed. Mm-hmm. Toronto collapsed because, and it's something that we didn't talk about enough, their bullpen. Right, their bullpen was not good enough. It's not up to standard. They got to make a couple moves. Whether they go and get aggressive with Edwin Diaz in this off season, but they're you know they had to stretch Kevin Gaussman one extra inning. Um, I think he was again. It's kind of the same situation with McClanahan. and it's like you get five good out of a guy in a playoffs, and like that is your prototypical like get him out. Nine one lead. Get him out. What do? Why are we keeping this guy in there? Let's get him out. Let's get him fresh. Let's pass the ball. You know, because you run the risk of that. You know, that guy getting tired. And when guys get tired, it's it's walk bloop and a three run home run, which is pretty. I don't know exactly what happened in that inning, but I'd assume it was something similar because they hung a crooked number up on him and then they started chipping away. But you had an eight one lead. You should be able to trust that you can go to your bullpen at that point. With an eight run lead, your starter gives you five good, seven, eight strikeouts, whatever it was. He was pretty dominant through those innings. And, you know, just the inability. But, you know, to give Seattle credit, I mean, you said it that Eugenio Suarez was the guy. 
he was the guy that, and he had that big hit in the first inning. And I was like, man, we look like, I mean, at that point in the day, it was like, you're talking about the Rays are basically, Rays and Guardians are going like scoreless 40 innings. And you're like, holy crap. And then Suarez has a big hit. And I'm like, wow, we look like geniuses. And Castillo's dominant. Wheeler's pitching a shutout. I'm like, dude, backside ground balls is the best playoff analyst you can find. It was almost playing out exactly how we envisioned. Seriously. And and then they started to, you know, the the Blue Jays just crumbled that away. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know about the decisions they've ma- they made. I, I don't know if there's a, a little bit on an interim manager, you know, a little bit of pressure and the decisions he made in those situations. But you just can't squander away an eight to one lead. I just think it's interesting to me because it's it's really it's it, it's almost hard to it's hard to tell with Gosman because your bullpen was weak in that situation for Toronto, and I, yeah. I, I kind of it's tough because. He goes out, and like you said, they had gotten to him a little bit in the fifth there, right? But he gives you the solid five, and that's what you're asking for. And then you you blow it open, and I don't blame them. Okay, now what's your thinking as a manager? I got mm-hmm. my five out of him. I don't trust my bullpen. We have a seven-run yeah. lead. I, I Like, I can trust – I would trust Gaussman to go get me three more outs. And I then, agree. You know, yeah. what happens in that inning? What happens in that inning is actually kind of the opposite of what you would think. When, you know, they load up the bases, single, single, single. Okay, not to mention that the third single by Cal Raleigh was a, a pop up essentially into no man's land, right? Which is an, mm. also how they tied the game in the eighth off Romano. But then Gosman punches out Hanniger and he gets a pop out of Frazier. So now you're like, okay, he's going to work his way out of it. Well, what I didn't understand is you go get him. So you still have the seven run lead. He loaded the bases with no outs. You get the he gets the next two guys, so he's one pitch away from getting himself out of the thing. You go get him, and then you go wild pitch homer. Yeah, and and, and that really swung the game because again, you get Gaussman through that sixth inning, and and you let him face um, Santana. And and he can get Santana out. Sp- Santana hit from the left side, splitter. Instead, you flip Santana to the right side, and he hits a homer off Miza. And it's just like, well, yeah. I, to me, it was just like that's interesting. And obviously, I wasn't watching it live because I was at the wedding, but I watched it back today on the ride home. And it was yeah. just like I was just so confused. I was like, why? Okay, why not get him out of here? Because I understand the thinking of why you sent him back out there. You have a seven run lead and now. You're thinking about game three. Which again, yeah. you shouldn't get ahead of yourself, and we scolded Buck Showalter for doing it. But to me, it was more of like he's he's throwing well, he's fine. Eighteen ounces isn't ridiculous to ask for. And, okay, you send him back out there. He loads a bit. Well, he just got the two. If you had pulled him with the bases loaded and nobody out, I understand it. I didn't understand yeah. why they took him out in that situation. No, I mean, like you said, I mean, the fact you reading it back, it's. I thought it was the opposite, but let at that point you leave him in there, and and right. especially if he's regaining it, and you know, because the the one thing about Gosman when he's since he's been really good and since he's turned this corner, and it's obviously because of his repertoire, it right. is the fact that he's your get out of jail free card every time, because soft contact split finger on turf field is a double play waiting to happen. Right. And obviously right. they left him in there to get those two outs. But with the bases loaded in a seven run lead, 
I'm making Kevin Gosman throw four splitters for a ball and putting the ball in Carlos Santana's hand and making him take very good splitters and tipping my cap to him, right? Well, and to like, simplify because, even more than that, is just real quick, would you rather have Kevin Gosman with his splitter against Santana or, or no disrespect or, or Tim Miza against Carlos Santana? But 100% Kevin Gosman. And the point is too is – that I was going to say next is split fingers don't get hit for home runs. Right. Where do you lose that game? A, right. a wild pitch. And right. a home that run. swung the game. Like, that, that swung, the, that game. swung right. the game. And, but when you're talking about a pit, there's, if there's any pitch in baseball that just flat out doesn't get hit for home runs ever, it's the split finger. So the ability for Kevin Gosman to limit the home run in that situation, even if Carlos Santana is better from the left side, is just saying like, "Hey, dude, he could." Worst case scenario, he spikes three split fingers, and we we end up back in this position. You know what I'm saying? It's the same result. So it just seems like a little bit of overcomplication there from from Schneider. Yeah, I just don't. I, I, I again, yes, yeah, Santana is better from the left side. The split finger neutralizes that in my mind. It does. Especially when you have a guy who's an all-star. And again, you have a seven-run lead. And I mean, you got to expect that you would still think the bullpen – I mean, you, what you would hope the bullpen can hold it. You, you lose the game with your best reliever on the mound. I understand that um, in, the, in that eighth inning when they tie it up on, on again, a pop-up. And that's what kind of is, is exciting about the Mariners is the Mariners The Mariners are feeling it, right? The Mariners are kind of yeah. the team of destiny. And, and not I don't want to say the team of destiny, but just right now they're playing with so much momentum and so much – fire and and they're back in the postseason and and they're excited and i said that's what you know that's why we thought they would win game one and then they kept it going yesterday they didn't give up they weren't without a fight and that's the beautiful thing about that team right now so we haven't been in the playoffs in in 20 years we don't care if we're down seven runs we're gonna keep we're gonna keep digging we're gonna keep going because we think we can win and and you know what is exciting is is i don't love their matchup obviously because who would I don't really like anyone's matchup against the Astros in the American League, um, right? I mean, seriously, there there is in the There's world. No one I really like their right, um, but I, that's, I can tell you one thing: that's a confident group. It's a confident yeah. group they're that's, playing, that's, that's, playing. that's going to Houston right now. And sure, yeah, they are playing with a little bit more house money, and and, and yeah, yeah. especially since they've won the series. But it's the confidence. It's not even that it's the house money and nothing to lose. Yeah. It's the confidence. It's like, okay, yeah, we. We hadn't been here in 20 years. What's that going to be like? And I know this group hasn't – it's not been the same group for all 20 of the years. I understand that. But my point being mm-hmm. is like, okay, we just ended you know this drought for our fans and for the city. And then it's like – and then we won a series. You know, Now yeah. Julio Rodriguez has won a series. Now those guys have been there. They've done that. And you, Eugenio Suarez and, and all those guys have – and Cal Raleigh who's just been unbelievable for them. He does it again. He does it in both yeah. games. I mean uh, Suarez had a great two days too. Um Yes, he did. It's almost like we do know what we're talking about. Um, but I, I mean, it, it's it's. I'm so excited for them, and honestly, I like their pitch. Again, I don't like their matchup against Astros, but I like their pitching. Like, yes. I know Robbie Ray ended up getting touched up a little bit there, but I really, I mean, Castillo's a stud. Logan Gilbert yep. is probably who's going to throw Game One of the DS. Chris Flexen's been fantastic. Um, they had George Kirby closing it down yesterday, which I just yeah. loved. I loved that. Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to be 
that's going to be interesting, and, and I'm just so happy for Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's they're an exciting group, right? And and in terms right. of their matchup moving forward, um, like you said, I don't I don't love the matchup, but you who knows? I mean, who knows? I I did not expect. You know, it was a very good series. It was a well played baseball series. You know, it's not like they went in there and dominated. You know, but. You know that that was a pretty two pretty evenly matched teams, and and they came out you know with a pretty convincing two game series sweep, and and it's just kind of crazy to to think about and and to watch because you know they are young, they have a lot of good pieces, you know the ability to have obviously Julio, but Cal Raleigh, Mitch Haniger, and Suarez, and and just those guys that are big contributors for this group, and and they aren't exactly the big names that that get the MVP votes and things like that. But, you know, they're, they're very worthy of, of being out there every day and, and being contributing parts of those teams. And Suarez had a big series. It was good to see because he's, he scuffled bad at the end of his career in Cincinnati and Seattle kind of took a flyer on him. And if he wasn't playing at 2 a.m. Eastern standard time every night, everybody would have known how good of a year he had. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're fun. I, I, and Suarez, what he's meant to that team from a personality standpoint and to a kid like Julio Rodriguez. And and that's what I like about them too, is just the makeup of that group. I think they're just so yeah. well put together. And getting Castillo was massive. Think about yes, it was, also being a Cincinnati Reds fan and thinking about yeah. the three players that have put the Mariners kind of over the top. Now, obviously, Wink- Winkers had a, had a terrible year. He banged up and, and just... Didn't ever, but like think about the two players. I guess that put them over the top. Yeah, kind of, I mean, Castillo and Suarez. Obviously, the emergence of Julio not taking anything away, but those two guys have been huge for them, just from a veteran standpoint. Huge. Castillo, yeah. what he's come over and done, he can beat anyone on any given day. Don't care. He, again, like we said on the preview pod, he beat the Yankees three times in like two weeks. Um, yeah. And then, and then Suarez, who just the person, his personality. He's got a big personality. He fits so well over there, and that team again, like. I love Cal Raleigh. Mitch Mitch Hanniger's been there forever. Carlos Santana is a good a good veteran good, guy who good player. If you're not yeah. expecting him to hit at the top of your order, I really like him as a player. You know yep. what I mean? Like like we had talked about when we when we had talked about the Royals a couple weeks ago. Um, it what is this about? Are they going to go the check Musgrove's ears? Yeah, a hundred percent. So Buck Showalter just – I'm sorry. We start the bottom of the six, and Buck Showalter just went out to Alfonso Marquez to talk about something. It's got to be we're checking Musgrove for substance. His ears have been shining all day. And uh, this is interesting. They're just messing up his rhythm. I think so. When you do it in the middle of the inning, has he been going to his ears, though? I haven't once seen him go to his ears. No, I have not seen him once go to his ears. Go to anything. He's been working with tempo. He's been coming to, and he's been getting checked all day. What are they saying on the broadcast? I'm not listening. I don't know. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. David Cohn saying yeah, that's all this is. They want to check him for something, but aren't they asking the third base ump like, "Have you been making sure he doesn't have anything on his hand?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm checking him every freaking inning." Well, now Mark Marquez and Melvin are coming out. Bob Melvin's going to come out. Marquez is going up to Musgrove. Did give him his glove. What a time to do this. I don't know. 
took Bob Melvin a really long time to come out here. Nah, he yeah, Bob Melvin Check walked his ears. out there and command command this game. He is sweating. Take it's sweat. It looks like sweat to me. It is sweat. Well, I'm going to check the temperature in New York right now. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, no, he did. He went to his ears. This is so weird. <laughs> I hope he friggin' dominates. It's it's a it's a brisk 54 degrees. Yeah. In New York right now. I mean, now. it and, really looks like he's sweating, but they're not going to get him. They're not getting him with anything. <laughs> No, they're not going to get him with anything. Not, not in the wild. Not in a winner take off. No. You know, no. if I'm the one yeah, but, I mean, over if there, he had something there. You have to. If he has something on him, you have to throw him out there. Yeah, but now they want to say something. Come on, it's we- a weird. Play weird stupid games, win this. stupid prizes. Yeah, yep. and the odds he waited until the freaking broadcast came back out. Buck knows. I'm going to wait true. right until that batter steps in. And I'm going to walk yeah. out there, and I'm going to put the pressure on Musgrove and get his heart rate going. That is going to get his heart rate going. You're 100% right. Yeah, of course it's going to get his heart. It got my heart rate going. <laughs> I got nervous. <laughs> I thought he was getting canned. <laughs> if no one under, if, if anyone wants to know who Trevor's rooting for in this series, <laughs> his heart rate got going when they went to check Musgrove for substance. Well, I just I put myself out there in his shoes like, Bro, can I, I, can, I, can, I, can I get an umpire check on Buck Showalter's brain? Because he wasn't going to throw the one guy that's going to have won them a game in this series. He should have thrown him game one. Ah, you, you aren't kidding. Weird. Let's see how he comes out here. First pitch after is nasty, and we're going to call it a ball. I thought it was a strike. Sir. Who's that guy? David Cohn saying they're going to retaliate for whoever's pitching for the Mets. I disagree with that, to be honest. No. Like you said, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. The Mets are, or the Padres are in control of this game right now. They don't need to do that. Nope. Yep, I will Bob tell Melvin. you, if, I if, hope if, if, if Musgrove um, retires them in order here, I'm sure he's going to have something to say for Buck. And that might fire oh the Mets up. I, if I was Joe Musgrove's pitching coach, I'd be sitting there going, please don't say anything to that dugout after this inning. Let them, let them panic. They're panicking. You don't even need to look at them. There's I don't no know. He looks calm right now. He looks very, very calm. Uh, to me, he looks fired up. I think I he think looks locked, in, like zoned in, locked in. Like yeah, he yeah, looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now the Mets fans are like, "Oh, he's definitely, he's got to be cheating." Yeah, he's exactly. Throw and, him out. It's like never. They and just Buck knew. Him. Oh, he's pissed. Buck. He's like, he's "Give pissed. me that." I wouldn't even have thrown that around. I would have been like, "Give me the no. ball back." I'm getting back on the mound. He's freaking mouth breathing he's, right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's unhappy right now. Yeah, because he got embarrassed. This is hysterical. Yeah, he got his ears well, touched in front of forty thousand people, <laughs> and everyone watching on TV. Yeah, I'd be embarrassed too. Alfonso Marquez is like, there's nothing there. He's got sweaty ears, though, bro. If that's the he case, he does have sweaty ears. Manny Geek, Manny's laughing. <laughs> that was all. He's still Manny Machado is still smirking, dude. He's having so much fun. Have you seen every flash in the dugout that they've 
put yes, him on. He's, he's cracking. He's been up. just having a great time. He's just a great time, like being there. It's amazing. Um. Anyway, it, so let's talk about the other NL series that wrapped up over here. Okay. No, hold on. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Okay. I'm taking the lead here. So, okay. <laughs> Dan's favorite team. I've been I've been holding off this this soapbox because it came to me over the weekend. How many people talk about Madison Bumgarner's regular season starts in September? No one. How can we make a decision on Aaron Nola being a big game picture <laughs> because he has bad starts in September? Like I'm serious. Like I was pissed about it when I checked the box score yesterday and see Aaron Nola twirling another gem big games are not in september i'm sorry no. I, philly fans you want to think it is because you're chasing right. down x team and you Correct. need to win in September because you always need those wins during labor day Correct. you don't lose during the last week because you're already Correct. eliminated out of it yep. to aaron nola it's no different in the regular season Correct. the last Correct. two starts are what he's capable of when he turns it on so the whole yep. big game Aaron Nola question mark whatever narrative there was that's so that's so tired that's so bs we whatever you want to, it's the New York and the Phillies of the world that create these narratives around these players that they're not big game capable because they can't pitch in labor day they can't pitch on Labor Day. Yeah, I saw. I saw Joe Musgrove's out here. His slider got better. <laughs> and he just the gestured umpire. to the dugout. He just gestured to the Mets dugout after he punched yeah, out. Yeah, because Thomas he's not like, happy. Get out of here. Uh, he's not happy. But is the fact that for that nine was- outs tonight. I got Musgrove for 27. <laughs> but anyway, um, the fact that Aaron Nola is or isn't a big game picture because of his starts in September, September is sad, and it shows ridiculous. quite what the franchise has been over the last 10 years, that the expectation is for a guy to win in Labor Day. If Madison Bumgarner, you know, in any of those even year, years where they did, or those odd-numbered years where they didn't make playoff runs, had a bad start in September, nobody in San Francisco was going, oh, well, you know, maybe if he was a big game pitcher or was not a big game pitcher, then that wouldn't be the case. Nobody cares about his starts in September. Nobody cared about Justin Verlander starts in September. Nobody cares about Steven Strasburg starts in September. Sorry, it matters this week. And Aaron Nola showed up and he posted. Right. He's gotten 40 out. So the last two times Aaron Nola's taken them out, he had, he had a chance to clinch a postseason spot for for the Phillies in Houston. And, and he went 20 up, 20 down, and got 20 huge outs for them yep. so they could clinch. And then yesterday with them up one nothing in the wild card round, he got 20 outs and didn't give up a run. So, you know, he's now gotten mm-hmm. 40 outs with, without – giving up a run and two opportunities to clinch for them. And he's been unbelievable. And now I think you can – I mean, how many starts does he need before we start calling him a big game pitcher? Yeah. He is. And, I mean, and and that series unfolded exactly how me and you said it could, right? The Phillies get yes. the most innings out of their starting pitchers all year long, and they go out and both Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola give them a bunch of outs, and they – um they sweep the Cardinals. They sweep a division-winning team who's a solid team, but yeah. they didn't have the starting pitching the Phillies did. The Phillies had those two guys, and in a three-game series, mm-hmm. 
that's what made the Phillies the, the, the team to beat. Them. They weren't the underdogs yep. in that series. I thought they were favored. That's why I said, you know, I expected them to go out there and win those two games. You know, now yep. I'll, you turn the page and look ahead a little bit, and we'll talk more about this on the next episode. But I don't, I wouldn't, have, I don't think they're deep enough or going to be good enough to win the next one because now it's a five game series nope. and you can't just run those yep. two boys out there to get on to the next round. Now you're gonna, like Ranger, you're going to need Rangers Suarez. Yep. I'm, you might need Bailey Falter, and that is a scary proposition. That is scary. Like, so I, but what they executed exactly how they, they needed, needed to, to, and to we've win been saying that, it to, since to win the wild card round. Exactly. Absolutely. Right? You, got, August. you got 20 outs from Nola, you got 19 outs from Wheeler, and then that shortened the bullpen, right? Alvarado, Robertson, and Eflin in game one. And then after, after Nola, um, Yesterday, you went right back to Alvarado, Dominguez, and Eflin. And that's that's yeah. how they can do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly – that is how they had to do things, and that's that's exactly what they did, and they won. And, I mean, I think the biggest thing to talk about here is how they won game one, right? It's a, yeah. and, and, again, we also talked about – I said that the Cardinals' bullpen was a little shaky, and that's what yeah. happened. Um, they, wow, the, that just fired the Padres up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Musgrove, I hope Soto takes every day Seth here, uh, 750 feet to right field and just end this series. Um, cause I think a home run here ends the series. Anyway, um, the Phillies are down two nothing. They hadn't done anything. Quintana had had an unbelievable day. He did a great job starting game one for them. He had been great for the Cardinals since the trade. And then really, the Phillies are were kind of dead in the water. And Harper's down one yeah. two in that count in the in the in the ninth inning with Helsley up or Helsley on the mound, and he just lost the zone. He lost the zone. He absolutely he lost the zone, and um, it was crazy. And then I, me and you were texting back and forth. I, I think I think I was texting. Yeah, I was texting you about this as well. I know I was texting my brother, but when they went and got Helsley and sent the the trainer out there, I think that was kind of BS. Yeah, we were texting. About um, it. Yeah, I think it was BS because I just think that I. Ali Marmol was caught off guard that their all-star closer just completely lost the zone. And, and you could tell that it was, it was kind of game over. Like it, it, the Phillies yeah. come back and then they just put, then they go to, instead of going to Flaherty, who has the strikeout stuff, they went to the guy who can get ground balls to try and get a double play. And guess what? He got a bunch of ground balls. They just found holes and they just found of, holes. And, and credit to the Phillies. Cause those guys, the bottom of that order who kind of put those balls in play with Segura and, and, and Stott and, um, Brandon Marsh, like unbelievable. And honestly, Castellanos had a great at bat to walk. Harper yeah. Castellanos at bats to walks to lead the to lead the bases were were great. And then he plunks Alec Baum and it's mayhem. It's mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the game another situation where the game sped up on a rookie manager and yep. in this situation where if Palante's the guy, you know, Helsley coming off the injury and you're trying to get him expand him beyond three outs, which I don't think he's done all year. Most closers do not do during right. the year. And you need to have Palante moving around and at least ready to pill it, right? Like right when that right when the you get to the point where he Helsley's out there, like at any given moment Palante needs to be able to get on the mound and go because he was coming off the finger injury and he took a line drive off his hand. And that has a lot to do with command, right? Like that has a lot to do with commanding your pitches. And 
so him having no feel for the strike zone does not did not catch me off guard. No. And to have the situation where you feel like you need to whether you want to fake the injury cuz the camera panned to yep. Ali Marmo in the dugout. Yep. And turned to Mad Dog and said one more. Right. And you've been in a dugout, you're a pitching coach. When Skipper yep. looks at you and says one more, what does that mean? <laughs> somebody somebody better be hot. Somebody better be that. hot, and this is his last hitter. And then yeah. you proceed to walk out there and now he has an injury. Mm-hmm. Just a weird, weird stuff, weird stuff. And then you bring in the guy. Now the the one thing that I you know, when you go back and look at the box score, they Galley ghosts and their strikeout guys. Helsley's their strikeout guy because in that situation, I texted you before um, Segura put the ball in play and had that knock. Yep. I texted you before and said, I'm going to a Flaherty because he's got the strikeout stuff. Right. I because wonder there in that they, situation, though, if they weren't comfortable getting Flaherty. I mean, Flaherty's a starter. He's he's not a reliever. Yeah, they wanted How to get him a How much time did inning. Flaherty need? Right. They wanted him yep. not only get a clean inning, but to then bring him in when you're, when you're in a, an emergency situation. How long does he need? I know because of injury, it could take him as long yeah. as ever. But let me tell you something: no pitcher ever is gonna ever ever gonna actually be ready when they when they say I'm good in that situation. I've yeah. never seen that. Well, happen. go out there with the bases loaded and and watch your adrenaline spike up. And next right. thing you know, Flaherty's feeling healthy and and feeling good. And you know, it's just that was kind of where you know my brain went. But again, they had used their healthy was their strikeout guy. And when your yeah. guy can't throw a strike and you got the bases loaded in that tying run, you have no choice. So right. they went to the ground ball guy, and it's they were playing halfway, right? If I'm not mistaken, they were, yeah. They were, well, corners were definitely in. Corners were in. They corners were, were in. Hard hit, I would guess, or soft hit. They would probably go four. Most likely, I mean, you can't turn after two. the Segura hit, the corners were in, and they hit the ground ball to Goldschmidt, and he just he went home and and. And the throw was just beat by Mundo Sosa, but yeah, who flies? Flies. No, so you know, and and that was where you know, obviously, A Rod got his rocks off on the fact that you know Segura put one in play. But to me, that played right into what Segura does well. Uh-huh. Right, the move to Palante was you're basically right. sitting there saying like. Here you go, Segura. I'm giving you an opportunity to put a ball in play. Ball and you're play, just kind right. of hoping that it's that it's at somebody because you know he's he's capable of putting balls in play. You know he's capable of you know putting the ball on the ground specifically. And again, yeah, maybe that's what you want in that situation. I just don't think double plays are a guarantee, and that's the toughest part. You cannot guarantee a double play in Major League Baseball today. So you know if that's what you're playing, I have a hard time playing for that, especially in the playoffs. I just, yeah, but I also think in that situation, I don't, I don't hate. Like again, I think it played to both both teams there. I don't think it was necessarily a bad move to go to your ground ball pitcher there. Yes, mm-hmm. you're now giving Segura what he does best, but yeah, and in the fact that that um, that he can put the ball in play and that's what he does, and yeah, a, a strikeout pitcher just. But what else does a strikeout pitcher do? Usually, they walk more guys. Yeah, right. And if and, mm-hmm. and if and in that situation, you had no room to walk anybody. Right, you're already yeah. bases loaded with run, run in a walk. If 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 Flaherty comes out there and walks a guy, 
now you're tied. So you go and you try and just end the game right there, right? Or at least yeah. get the double play and, 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 and save yourself. So, I mean, I, I, I don't fault them for that. And it just worked out for the Phillies. I mean, then the, yeah. how about the ball? The, the, the craziest one is the ball that Brandon Marsh hit that goes to, to Arenado that he, he gets caught in between. And how often you yeah. never see Arenado get caught in between on a hop. It's just a high chopper to his left. He never gets caught in between. That's a play he makes 98% of the time throughout the regular season, and, and he didn't there, and it, it cost the Cardinals. Yeah. But then I mean, to come it, back it, the next night and not be able to generate a run, I mean, you can't really say the series was lost in game one. They had an opportunity, and, and we both thought that if that had gotten to a game three that we liked the Cardinals' chances. They just came yeah. out the next night, and the offense couldn't do anything. Goldschmidt and Arenado didn't do anything. They had one hit combined, and and in game two yesterday, um, they struck out four times with runners on in the, in the sixth. Nola punches them out back to back to get out of trouble, and Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in in the eighth and punches them out back to back to get out of trouble. So yeah, I mean it's it is crazy because you know I I, I think. And you see it in this this Mets Padres series is obviously seven eight nine plays such an important role in yep. you know playoff games in general. Um, yep, and it obviously line up depth, but you can't rely in the playoffs. Like, and I know I think the superstars need to have the big hits, but that you also need to understand that it's not going to be every hit. Right, right. Like right. Goldschmidt and Arenado need to come through in the situations that you need them to come through, and I know that's pretty self-explanatory. But you know, it's it. The playoffs is so much about the big hit; it's not about the hits. Right? Look at this Mets right. and Padres series, and maybe this will be like almost our transition into talking about them. You look at Game One, right? Right. First inning. One runner on, Max Scherzer on the mound. Josh Bell barrels the ball up. What have we been saying for the past couple of weeks? It doesn't matter who you are in this world, how hard you throw, what kind of stuff you throw, you can get clipped. Everybody, mm-hmm. the, the Devin Williams and Corbin Burns last year are the only two that struck a ton of guys out and did and not give get up clipped. home runs. And, right. and so any pitcher in the major leagues is capable of getting clipped. Then the Mets get on. They come back. Lindor gets on. He swipes stacking. Right. Boom. Walk. Got traffic. Single. Right. Single. Whatever it is. It just doesn't work out the way you want. Like when you're trying to chip away hits it's just doesn't work out that way to me like it doesn't you know it's very hard to stack hit after hit after hit and you work so hard for one run and you don't even realize that that team already had two with one swing of the bat off of your one swing of the bat two one swing of the bat. You know, I always tell this story. I don't know if I told this. I know I've told you this story, but I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast. We're in regionals this past year. We were not a home run hitting team. We we're playing the four seed. We we're the one seed host. And for top of the first, our pitcher goes punch out, punch out, three hitter. This dude's built like a linebacker. He should have been playing division one linebacker and playing hmm. division three baseball. Big fly. Punch out. Right. Our pitcher looked dominant. Our whole dugout's like, oh, so solo home runs don't hurt you. And, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, and I agree. One run. Solo home runs don't hurt you. We come out. 
our player conference player of the year, single, steal second, bunt him over, get him in, single, single, double play. Guess what the score of the game was? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. And you know how hard I felt like we worked for that one? Right. Really hard. Now, if you right. can go single, steal, single, first and Homer. third, homer, three-run homer, guess what? It's a different game. That's what right. the best teams, that's what the best lineups are capable to doing. They're able to beat you in so many different ways, but also one through nine, they hit the big home run. And you look at the Mets, and I know I'm rambling now, and you probably got a billion things to say, but they want to talk about their average with runners on base, right? Average with runners on scoring position. That's what people talk about. Average with runners in scoring position. Average with runners on base. It's not about the average with runners on base. It's about the one home run that they haven't hit with runners on base. Pete Alonso hit a solo home run. Francisco Lindor hit a solo home run. Like you talk about this when it's first and second and Pete Alonso punches out, that's when you need your superstar to hit the three run home run, not with nobody on. And I know you can't pick and choose. We're process oriented. We worry about just taking each and every at bat the same, all the stuff like that, that I wholeheartedly believe, but it's very hard to you know, not magnify that situation where it's like, congrats, you hit your solo home run, but where was that when two runners are on base? And that's the difference. Look at what the Padres did. Look at what the Guardians did. Look at what the Mariners did. Like it was the two run and three run home runs that put them in a position to win. Yeah. I mean, I, in this series to me, it was like, just start, start the best pitcher in, in planet earth game one when he's available. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's playing out exactly like we said it was going to play out, even though that he ended up pitching game two and they won, and now here they are in game three, so you're going to need Bassett anyway. Pitch him in game one. I mean, we didn't expect – no one expected Scherzer to lay an egg. I understand that. But they just – I mean, they're down 4 nothing now in the seventh. Um, I, I just I, I just don't understand it. I don't under, I didn't understand it, and the home runs that the Padres were able to hit were huge. I mean, you got home runs from Bell, Grisham. Profar hits the backbreaker, the three-run homer, and then Machado gets one off Scherzer. I mean, he gives up seven runs. He gives up seven runs and doesn't even get you 15 outs, and you weren't expecting that. No one was. But I don't – DeGrom then goes out the next night and shoves, and you don't know what what happens to the Padres. Again, confidence matters in these series. And and Mm -hmm. when you give teams confidence, it it matters. I'll never forget the Phillies won 102 games in 2011. They play game one against the Cardinals, and they're up 13-1. to one. And that, sure, they saved their bullpen, but they brought in the guy who they did not expect to pitch the entire DS. The Cardinals got six runs. You ended up having to go to your closer in the ninth inning. I'll never forget it. And that gave the Cardinals confidence for the series. I'm telling you, if you just go one, two, three in that ninth inning, and it was 13-1, you don't know what the Cardinals yep. are feeling. And same thing in this series. If you just go out there with DeGrom and you win game one, that confidence that that gives your team, what it does to the Padres is massive. And you don't yep. know what that can do. And, and now you might not be fighting. I mean, they're fighting for their lives right now, right? They're down 4 nothing going to the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, and, I mean, and that, and that was a big, that, big inning. Again, there like you said, how they, that was a huge big inning because it was second and third with no outs, and Lugo strikes out two guys. They go to Givens, and he punches out Myers. So they hold there. But, again, you're, you're holding and you're chasing four still. And, again, that's great. Good yep. job, staff. But, like, hey, offense, we got to do something. And what if the Mets haven't been able to get anything off Musgrove? And, again, to your point, when, you have, when you're facing elite pitching like they are and they're going to throughout the postseason if they come back and win this game, you cannot – rely on a bunch of contact hitters someone's gonna have to get on and lose one 
and they haven't been able yep. to do it. And and that they're not built that way. They're not. They're no, not built they're not. to, to hit the three two run three run homer. Yeah, and, and Montana comes up with a runner on, and you're not worried. No, if he loses, I mean, he clipped that ball that Trent Grisham ran down. If that's your best Correct. barrel, we're not scared. You know, at the end of the day, like I would rather have a guy who hits, you know, a buck sixty eight who loses that ball because that's when it's most important is the ability to take that ball, that barrel, that mistake from the pitcher because every pitcher makes mistakes and and everybody's capable of getting clipped and everything like that. Even Joe Musgrove today, like it wouldn't surprise me if somebody sneaks a, a solo home run and he's as sharp as he's ever been. Solo home run by him in the next two innings. Wouldn't be surprised. But everybody's capable of being clipped. It's the ability to have multiple guys who can do it and stretch your lineup out so that when they pitch around Pete Alonzo because they're afraid of giving up the big home run, they don't have to pitch. I'm sorry. Jeff McNeil is not scaring Joe Musgrove with two runners on base. Every every pitcher in the big game will take a single with a run. They will. They 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 will be content if you okay, we give up one. Well, we just gotta get runners on in front of our big dogs and, and next thing you know, they're gonna we're gonna be up by two. You know, because single solo right. home runs and singles with runners in scoring position and that whole stuff, it just doesn't you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I hate to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. You know, you need elite, elite pitching. You need mistake free pitching if you're gonna be win games doing that like the, the, look at the guardians like they had mistake free pitching so they were able to win with a solo home run and a two run home run but not everybody has mistake free pitching when you send max scherzer out there and he struggles because something's not right. right he hasn't been right for three years since 2019 really so four years you know he, he got scratched in the world series and and the nationals thought their season was over they had to send joe ross out there for game four you know, against, against the Houston Astros. And, you know, it's like, he hasn't been right since that day. He hasn't been fully healthy. So whatever happens when, you know, you get to that point, but you know, the most egregious part, and I texted you this after the fact, because we didn't know this, but they were talking about it on the broadcast, the team in the MLB with the lowest slugging percentage on fastballs above 95 miles per hour is, the San Diego Padres. Padres. Right. And right. who throws harder for longer extended periods of time? I don't know. And as and a even, starter. Even, even, without, even without that, he's the best pitcher on planet Earth. He's the best pitcher. Great. And Why are you trying to save him? Blister, blister or no blister? Like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just didn't understand it. He's the best pitcher in the world. Throw him. Just pitch him. Please, just pitch him. You know, I, I don't get it. Andrew McCutcheon chiming in on Twitter. They're showing it on the broadcast here that he guarantees that Joe Musgrove has red hot on his ears. I don't think it's that either. I honestly just think no. the guy's sweating. But that this is this I mean, is a huge inning right here. This is a this yeah. is the game, in my opinion. They just pitched out of that jam, and if Musgrove can come out and, and, and get through this order and, and then you get him out of there or, or even send him out if he does it relatively easy, 
I mean, this is yeah. it. This is the game. You got two, three, four up here. If you're the Mets, they're probably not going to hit again until the ninth. If they wow. hit again. Where did that miss? Sir. That's, yeah. Austin, Nola, tell him. I mean, you got to have Hater hot, right? He's moving. They had him moving already. Yeah, but I would, I would have him ready, I think. He should be on the mound. Getting ready. Yeah, he should be on the mound with a ball in his hand for sure. It's interesting. But, we'll, I mean, I, we'll see here. I just the Mets, have, the, Mets, the Mets have done this to themselves. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, they feel for yeah. it. How, how, much, how much leash do you give them tie and run? No, I just wouldn't want to give him any momentum. So, I mean, for me, yeah. if, if I have Josh Hader in my back pocket, if he walks Marte here, I'm making sure he's hot. And he's, he's And then I'm going to see how the next hitter goes. But, I mean, McNeil you, you could get him here and, and settle back in. And then Cruz. McNeil, yeah. yeah, I mean, if – yeah, especially McNeil's a lefty. If McNeil's up with nobody so, on, I'm letting you know, Musgrove face him. Sure, with nobody on, but that would be too. Yeah. That would be. I guess McNeil doesn't get up with nobody on unless you're giving up runs, yeah, right? Would, yeah, it would be because it's off. two, three, four. So you got Marte, Lindor, Alonzo. Yeah, you know, but I, I, I don't know if I'd even, if I'd even let him face Alonzo if you got two on, nobody out, because that is your one home run threat. He went. Yep. Wow. I thought he went. If he went any further, it would have been a double. <laughs> oh my gosh wow he was walking towards the dugout that's alright come on I know you guys can flash to the bullpen let's make sure haters getting hot hot that's tough I know can we make sure that haters ready because again if, if he doesn't get Lindor here I'm, I'm, I'm not letting him face Alonzo with two on and nobody out. I'm going. To this is where Francisco needs Lindor needs reliever. to be the guy, though. Yeah, like well, Lindor needs start. to be the the big money guy, right here. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I, I don't even, he doesn't even necessarily need to lose one. He just needs to get on here because no. then again, I he needs to extend an inning and put him in a position. Melvin if you get on to make a decision, right? It's fascinating. Owen one. I think I'll go right back to that same pitch. He liked the cutter in against him. 2 Yep. There he yeah, is. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, two that sliders in a row been close. I'd, I'd do it again. Gross. That slider is filthy. Yeah. See, this is this is new oh, age wow. baseball right here. They don't have, right. they don't have Hater going. It is new well, age Well, this guy's gross. Haters. They have Suarez. He yeah, is gross, gross, but I, I I'm sorry. Like you said earlier, you want no, I, I want I, Josh. I need nine outs out of you, or you, you have a four run lead. At least give me six outs. He hung yeah. it, <gasps> so you get a fielder's choice out of it. Wow, Will Myers, huge. Mets, Mets fans don't it. realize that Lindor's out. They're going nuts. It's a force. Out. Are they? See, I let him face Alonzo now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh One yeah, it's tough. You know. It's tough when, you, again, you you. This is that's your a, lock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a great like, play. This is, by, that's a great play. 
your season hinges on the fact that you need to string together a iffy swing call, a double down the line, right. and Pete Alonso needs to come through with a single. Like again, when you're facing the best pitching in the world, when you're getting everybody's best stuff, that just doesn't add up. You know, like it's Are very hard to not do using that. Pitchcom here. I don't it's think they can hear. It's really hard to do that against. Uh, and when you're doing this, well, Marquez, we know he's not going to say he's swung. He's terrified down there. Yeah, he is. Alfonso Marquez wants no parts of check swings. And I, I, I'm sorry. I just I something about Pete Alonso just doesn't scream clutch to me. He proved me wrong right here, but there's just something about him. It's like there's no shot he comes through. What what happens if what do you, what about if he walks him? That's why I would have Hater ready because now if he does walk him one out, maybe you go to Hater for McNeil. I don't know. I, my my thought process has always been I. Now in the playoffs, it's always different, but you usually get like to the point where the tying runs up, and then you're pretty. Yeah, if you have faith in your guy. Look at that. Last, Joe Musgrove's last four starts opposing opponents are, are over yeah, 15 well, with runners in scoring position. Hitting him with runners in scoring position, it's, there's no skill to it. So he's he's due for No, there's not. Uh, I'm seeing just saying, I, Musgrove's, Musgrove's seeing I single in. here. I think it just speaks more to how good Musgrove's been recently. So they go slider, yeah. slider there. They clearly don't want to give him a fastball. It's almost like they're pitching around him. Yeah. Which, to me, if you're going to pitch him this way, I would have just gone and gotten him. You yeah. know what I mean? He's been so good. Let him attack. If you're going to do this, you might as well have just let someone else who he hasn't seen do it. Plus, Suarez's slider is so good that you could actually probably attack him with it. it. Gives it. Look, there you go, man. There you- and that's why not striking out doesn't pay. Look, the ball's hit well, but when you're not leaving the ballpark, it's an out. Yeah, 109 on the line. It sucks, right? Look, see, just just his mannerisms and how he acts just doesn't scream clutch. It's like he puts up – I feel like he puts so much added pressure on himself. Yeah, but that's like – Come on, dude. Mean, like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But more than, more than any other big leaguer, he puts more pressure on himself. No, I agree with it that. It seems I'm like – and maybe he just has that. bad body language. I just, just I mean, I get he had, he was one, it was 109, which I'm process oriented as anybody. So if we get a barrel 109, I'm never, but like, I got to see you get your, but that's my point. I got to see you try to change the game. Correct. And that's my point. I want to see why that strategy, it doesn't always work. I don't need a, I don't need you to move a runner. (laughs) Like, and I, I I get it. We're just ragging on him. Seems clutch. Yeah, this guy. I, I think McNeil does seem clutch to me. No, you know who's been freaking unreal is Brandon Nimmo, freaking just Nimmo, dominating yeah. a tough bat at bat, lefty yeah. on lefty yesterday with Blake Snell, just barreling baseballs the yeah. other way. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Better, like, I can't. That was a home run swing for him. Yeah, like that's that's like I'm trying to change the game when you got Jeff McNeil like. 
Yeah. Well, Jeff, or not, when you got Pete Alonso closing himself off, I mean, that's Pete Alonso's doing. Eduardo Perez was talking about it yesterday. Right. Like you can see the numbers and he wasn't doing that earlier in the year. And, and, you know, right. just at the end of the day, it's like, that's all you can do with that. If you're not freeing your hips up, if you're not getting to like, he right. thinks that he's going to react in and he's force feeding right center. It's like, but again, I mean, if he gets under that a little bit more, it's a homer and it's four too. So if you're really sticking homer. to like, you know, you put a ball in 109 the other way, you can go big fly 109 the other way. But I just feel like yes, he's closing he himself off and that's all he leaves himself able to do is he's not getting loose on a ball. Has anyone ever asked Jeff McNeil why he feels more comfortable choking up that much instead of using a shorter bat? Dude, the fact that he hit 326 it. in the big leagues is it's hitting like that, dude. Well, and again, that's why that's been part of the reason why I said the Mets should better go for it this year because I, I can't guarantee you that the way Jeff McNeil puts the ball in play that he's going to hit 326 next year. What happens when he hits 230? Because like Adam Frazier does play goes down. Right. Like what happens? You lose your five-hole hitter. He's rendered useless because he can't hit the home No, off. you know what pisses me the most off about Jeff McNeil? is that's a, That was yeah. absolutely filthy. Is freaking Frankie from, from Paramus right now is fired up telling his kid he should hit like Jeff McNeil. Oh, 100%. And then when Frankie, Frankie from Paramus, Jr. though, can watch the Mets lose. And then when Frankie, Frankie, when Frankie, Frankie Jr. Jr. Tells gets cut Daddy from his lost. JV team. You know, no, when Frankie Jr. gets cut from his JV it'll team be because politics. he hits like, yeah, it'll be because they hate Frankie. But really, your kid shouldn't yeah. be choking well, up on a 30, 30 inch bat up to making it 24. And then he, you know, strike zones at in JV baseball are about half the opposing oh batter's gosh. boxes. And, and next thing you know, he can't hit anymore. He probably never could hit, but Unbelievable. You know, All right. Jeff, Jeff McNeil puts balls in play, you know. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow with a, a preview, and we'll probably have more. Yeses. We'll have a, an outcome of this series, and we'll probably have more to say about this game. It was a pleasure, as always. <laughs>